You are a fish swimming through the primordial ocean. Land. Crawl onto land and evolve, you motherfucker. This is deals and scams. I'm Wayne. I'm Sandy. And I'm Owen. Let's get started. A big fuck you to our sponsor, the Amtrak guy who killed a bunch of poor people. <laughs> I don't think that was, that was Amtrak. <laughs> <laughs> you ass. The All episode right. is be gone. Okay. All right, Wayne. What's today's deal? Brains. <laughs> Can you tell us more about that? No. <laughs> Please. All right. Wait. We're going to have to move on to the scam then. <laughs> Wait, you got one last chance. Uh, picture with me now a film. I'm thinking like, you know, those films where there's a train and our protagonists are trying to jump onto the train. Mm-hmm. Maybe another protagonist is on the train. And our first protagonist is running to catch up to the train. And the train is going faster and faster. It starts off slow, but I mean, it starts off so slow, but it just goes faster and faster and doesn't stop. And I mean, that's what trains do. Yeah. And I was, I was watching this movie and I just thought, why is this train accelerating so slow? I mean, it's ridiculous. Like what, why is this train going so slow? And the more I thought about it, I realized because trains are so friggin' heavy. I mean, seriously, like hundreds upon sometimes hundreds of train cars, each weighing several tons. And um, these trains at the front are somehow pulling it. And it, it led me down to explore more about how trains are a deal. Hmm. Well, all right, Wayne, you're going to get, okay, you're going to have to explain more of why this is a deal because right now, all you've told us is trains are really fucking heavy and they accelerate really slowly. All right, and, fine. but no, no, I'm not disagreeing with you yet. Mm-hmm. But also, what movie were you talking about? Uh, there's no movie. I just, it's just kind of like, a, it's just kind of a pop, it's a cliche. You know? uh, okay. Well, no, right. it is true. There's, I feel like there are movies like that. Um, right. So let, let's start off with some statistics. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, shit. All right. 120 horsepower. Right. That, that, that'll get you there. Hmm. Like a tractor trailer, you know, a big semi. 600 horsepower. Hmm. Trains, 7,000 wow. horsepower. Holy Whoa. shit. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's a lot. <laughs> um, it led me to kind of take a deep dive on the gearing of trains. So as many like physicists, you know, more mechanically among you may understand, you can have a really fast car. You can have a really, uh, a really high geared car, but that car is not going to have a lot of power. If the low gears, you know, that don't take you very fast are where all the power is. Um, and tr- these trains are uniquely designed so that they go very, very, very slow but at very, very high power. And that's how these single train cars are able to take hundreds and hundreds of tons from dead motion to very slow movement. And they can gear up a bit faster and go a bit faster um, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden your train is going, you know, 50 miles per hour. Very efficient. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's... I guess that's un, unarguable. That's definitely so, just a fact. Yeah. So, so stay with me. So this takes us yeah. to our next point. Okay. Okay. Imagine you have, um, you know, low gears are not unique to trains. I'm sure you've seen the video of a single truck pulling an airplane. 
I actually I, not. I am not, <laughs> but I, I believe that that's a thing that yeah, can no, happen. I, yeah, I believe. Um, yeah, I, and it's not impossible, you know? I mean, like I said, low gears, um, low friction on train wheels. Um, I, have, I have a question, though, Wayne. Please. So, okay, you're talking about gears. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression under the impression the trains worked via pistons mm-hmm. i don't know how trains work bro how do uh, trains work there are many different hydraulic or steam all right. systems all right i understand how trains work now the um work is not only their power it's the mm. rails oh dude okay Interesting. all right all right, all right. okay okay so in this like thought experiment imagine we had um you know, like a hundred cars tied together, you know? And so, you know, you're on the highway and you're going 80 miles per hour in your, you know, line of cars. How do you turn in those cars? I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't. So imagine you had walls on either side of these 80 column of cars and the Mm -hmm. walls slowly curved this way and that. And mm-hmm. so that the only way you could turn in your column of cars is by running up against the wall and practically being pushed to the other side. It's Newton's third law, essentially. But if you do that at a car, if you hit a wall, you would just break. Well, yes. I mean, you would in a car, it would be pretty disastrous. But, you know, you can imagine if you were hurtling down the highway and you hit a sidewall, the sidewall would push you, you know, in the other way. Yeah. I mean, this is also, I think this is also Newton's fourth law, which is that you shouldn't go over 80 miles an hour. It's true. On any given highway. It's unsafe. It's, yeah, it's very unsafe. Yeah. Now, wait, I, I, I have a question. I have a question Please. as well. So tracks, right? How, how, how is that a deal though? I, I understand their function, but Tracks have to be laid. There's a lot of manpower involved. It limits the train's range of movement. How, how are they? How are they part of this deal? Well, as we all know of deals, you have to give something to get something. Rails are an investment. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, okay, Wayne. I'm going to ask you a question. I want to get your take on this. So, really, like, all right, let's 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 hit let's hit that history button, just in terms of. How so? We live in the United States. Full disclosure: If you're trying to track us, now you know. Um, and I like I, in terms of the history of this country, rains, trains, trains played a huge role, right? In expanding and uh, train shit. What it's do you true. think? Yeah, I mean, as many have said in the past, trains are a past and they are a future. Who has said that when? Did Joe Biden say that? <laughs> oh, um, actually, good point. That's a good point, Sandy. <laughs> it seems like something he would say. He loves his trades. <laughs> I, uh, that's, that's true. I, 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 I mean, it, to speak to Joe's point, I believe uh-huh. that trades have a future. But I also think that, Owen, in terms, of, in terms of the historic use of trades, I feel uh-huh. like they've been used for some pretty bad things. Hmm. In, in 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 historically speaking, I feel like trains might be more of a scam, and I'm I'm not well, I'm not well, asserting well, this. Well, what do you what do you like? Give me some examples of the nefarious train activities. Well, westward expansion. Okay. Uh, yes. The 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 train was used as a uh, a symbol, and and as a practical tool of of colonizing more land, and that's 
pretty bad. I, I, I hate to, I hate to say it, but that's uh that's pretty bad. So I, I think that in terms of the train as a, a symbol of this brutal modernity, I, it might be more of a scam. Well, okay. Before, before I think, before we let Wayne respond, one thing to keep in mind with scams though, is that you got a deal if everything else is a bigger scam. You see what I'm saying? Ooh. And okay, this is, but we're, we're going to have to save cars for another episode, but I think cars, huge scam. Total scam. Yeah. Huge scam. Okay, okay. I'm glad we're all the same page. We're on the same page. And I don't know, trains talk about public transportation. Talk about, I mean, we're, I guess you could ride a horse, but people don't really do that anymore. So in terms of transportation, yeah. Um, I mean, public transportation on trains and um, just to speak to the Bay Area is kind of miserable. It's um, it's true. It's the um, it's the least scam among the bigger scam, which is cars. Uh-huh. Mm. Because if you think about trains and really any public transportation, they have to make so many stops along the way to get mm-hmm. where you're going because they yeah. got to drop off other people. They got to pick up other people. No, no, no. Oh, okay. A car is like kind of faster no matter where you're going. Yeah. See, I think this gets into like East coast, West coast though. Cause mm. over I'm on the East coast right now. Um, and trains here are huge. The Amtrak. Oh my God. The Amtrak. If you try to go by car to, you know, between the diff- the various states on the East Coast, it's going to take forever. But Amtrak, you zip, 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 boom. I'm a fan. I've never, um, I've only been on East Coast trains a couple of times, but you know, I, I can say glowing reviews on that end. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we could agree. East Coast trades are a deal. <laughs> West Coast, I think we, I think we might, I think on the West Coast though, we might agree that they are simply the smallest scam. Mm-hmm. But which in a way does make them a deal. Exactly. That was my point from earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, in Los Angeles, trains are a scam, but like in my favor. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean by that way to expand on that? Okay. So the certain town where we live, you know, not going to name names, but there's a, there's a train station that goes right through it. And this yeah. town does not deserve a train station and it does not deserve like, it, it, it does not deserve all the access it has, but mm. like I need to get to LAX, like boom, like boom. there's a train for that, you know? And can we just say that train station, which we are speaking of is so quaint. Oh, it's it so is. Quaint. It's, the it quaint, really is. it's the quaintest fucking train station. And you know what, you know, what's a great, here's, here's something that's a deal. When you watch a kid look at a train, Mm, oh yeah that's it. Well, i think that we can all agree that's oh deal. That's they lose deal. their shit yeah that kid is that kid is yeah. like oh my god it's moving it's going yeah. holy yeah and they're so right filled there. with wonder i i agree that's a that's a sub deal that's a sub deal yeah yeah big yeah. sub deal yeah all right wait do you have anything more to say about trains yeah those um that wonder that kids are feeling uh-huh. that strikes me as a certain lack of understanding of death of what trains can do to you if you don't watch yourself around them. You know, those like yellow um, patches in front of trains. Like you think three-year-olds cognate what, what that is? Nah, they, they nah. just see a color. Yeah, no. they, thank you. They just see a color. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, 
for all the deal that trains are, I'd really like to see more safety measures. Okay. You know, in some okay. way, stations. Well, well, okay, hold on though. Wait. I, I want to go back to the first thing you said mm. in this whole this whole train deal. Which is you mentioned movies. And I will say trains as like a storytelling device. Oh my god. Off the chain. Think about all the <laughs> movies. Trapped on a train. Boom. Boom. They just take place on trains because you can have an entire story on one train. Name any other vehicle where you can have an entire story just there. Oh, no. a bus. <laughs> Speed. Speed. Yeah. That's, a, that's not, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, but no, no, no. I think Owen, you're, I think you're 100% right. Where it's like you got two forms of transport that you can make multiple movies on, and it's a boat. And it's a train. What about a plane, you idiot? No, 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 no. That's a huge mistake. That's a classic mistake. Wait, hear me out. You can you can make one movie on a plane. You can make one movie on a bus. Name there's like there's red eye for planes. Snakes on a plane. Okay, there's two. Fine, two. Money plane. There's money plane, bro. But all those movies suck. Those movies are bad. Yeah, exactly. Those movies are bad. And there are good movies set on trains. Yes. Many. Yeah. What's there's classic American film uh Sandy uh, help me out here. Uh Sandy's our uh, film major. Uh, it's it's a it's a classic. It's a murder on a train. Murder, murder on, on the Orient Express. Express. Yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. got it. Classic. <laughs> Isn't that in Europe? That's not an Americana thing. It's a train. It's a trade. Yeah, what what is this nationalistic train? Sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking about trains vis-a-vis America. We're only talking about American trains. That's true. If we consider international trades, trains mm. are most certainly a deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, going back to the story thing, Wayne, what do you think? I feel like we didn't get your take. Oh, yeah. My take on the story, this is why I thought it, we were talking about the American part, is because uh-huh. trains have, like we said before, such a great Americana aesthetic. You know, if you try to, if you ignore the fact that they were, you know, a tool of imperialization. Yeah. You know, great American aesthetic there. Mm. Yeah. Sandy does not like what I just said about. No, 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 no. Oh, Hogwarts train. Yeah. Our producer, Catherine, is mentioning the Hogwarts train. Hogwarts train. I 100% agree. Classic train. But no, wait, in answer to your question, I do agree. Uh, the 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 assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford classic movie that involves a train. They do a train heist, a train mm. heist. That's a that's classic. So no, I don't disagree with you, Wayne. You're 100 percent right. Oh, there's there's uh there's Snowpiercer, another train. It's on a train. There's oh yeah, Mugen Train, the Demon Slayer movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. A uh, Solo has a train heist. Solo has a classic train heist. Underappreciated train heist. Well, okay, I had to bring this up. We need to talk about the fact that trains were the original personified vehicle. The little engine that could. That's a, was the first book with the personified vehicle. When did that come out? Well, let me just ask you guys. When do you think the little engine that could was published? I'm going to guess 1918. Okay. Wayne? Mm, I'm going to take the under and go for 19. No, wait, no. This is, this is, this is, a, this is a, this is a scam right here. I'm going to say 1875. Whoa. So Wayne just scammed himself even harder. It's actually 1930. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but I don't know. I, that, that's a little earlier than I thought. That is pretty early. That is pretty yeah. early. That is pretty early. Don't get me wrong. And then like, I tried to find any book or movie or story about a car 
that was personified mm. written before then. I couldn't find anything. I mean, I might someone in the comments Interesting. can tell us. I don't know if these, these are going to have comments. Give us a comment. So before trains, you've got horses. Yeah. And horses need no personification. They're already animals. Yeah, they've got plenty of personality. They have eyes. It's uh, oh, Jack I, Horseman. I exactly. Yeah, and then well, trains were before cars. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Trains have been around a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, we got to the film Cars, but the precursor <laughs> to that was the little engine that could, or Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes, another one. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough. That's enough train talk. Owen, what yeah. is today's scam? All right. So we heard about trains. And now I want to talk about what I consider to be an absolutely huge scam, which is the trolley problem. So for our listeners who are not aware, I'll give a quick rundown. And so I... I'm going to be quoting a bit from the Wikipedia page, and there's some hilarious facts on this Wikipedia page that I, I, I wasn't aware of that I think we'll, uh, we'll tell you guys. But the setup for the trolley problem is you were at a train station. Here, I'll, I'll read the official version. There's a runaway trolley barreling down the railway tracks. Ahead on the tracks, there are five people tied up and unable to move. The trolley is headed straight for them. You are standing some distance off in the train yard next to the lever. Why the fuck? Okay. If you pull this lever, the trolley will switch to a different set of tracks. However, you notice there is only one person on the other set of tracks. So you have two options. This is the trolley problem. We've probably, I, I'm guessing everyone has heard this before. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. And I got to say, I think it's a huge scam. First of all, um, I'll give some background. So I don't know. I feel like in my mind, the trolley problem has been around forever. It's just kind of always how people have thought about morals. But that's not true because trolleys haven't been around that long. It's interesting. I feel <laughs> as though the trolley problem predates trolleys. Exactly. It feels almost like Aristotle was talking about the trolleys and the lever. Yeah, but it was like the lion problem. Like there's a yeah. runaway lion <laughs> and you have a lever that can move yes. the lion from yes. track to track. You have a lever that will, will um, make the train hit the lion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third option. Yeah. yeah. But, well, so here, here's another date question for you guys. When do you think the trolley problem was first proposed? You, I, I might have told one of you this before, but no. Well, let's get your takes. When do you, when was it? I'm going to say 1942. Okay. Say earlier, maybe 1900. All right. This may surprise both of you. The actual year is 1967. Wow. That is, that is later than I expected. Trolleys have been around for a long time by that, yes, by that so year. so long. They were almost going out of style, I would say, at that point. Like, how many trolleys were there in 1967? Yeah, I would say... I mean, someone checked my facts, um, but I'm pretty sure, at least in the United States, cars were the dominant form of transportation by then. In trolleys, well, you may be interested to know, the creator of the trolley problem, technically it's been around forever, but the, um, the person who formalized it, her name is Philippa Foote, and she was, uh, she's from England, hence trolley, because here we call them trains, but they're trolleys. I don't 
Is that true? Okay. Actually, wait. I think trolleys are just a different thing. It's just a different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just a. Di- you know what? I think you're right, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kath. We can we can edit that part out. Yeah. Well, we can leave it in as well. But, um, yeah. So, so she originally formalized it, and then another moral philosopher named Judith Jarvis Thompson in 1976 then really made it into what it is today. The trolley problem we know now, but okay, here's one thing before I get, before I get into why I truly think it's a total scam. Mm. One fat one, like detail that I just want to get your takes on is that in the trolley problem, the traditional number of people is five versus one. (laughs) Why five? That's a great like question. It very explicitly says traditionally five. It's not because it, I think usually it gets applied to much larger groups. We think about yes. one person versus the whole world or like one person versus versus hundreds of people or a building full of people or, and, or a large number of people versus another large number of people. Exactly. Yeah. Or like like one large group versus one slightly smaller group. Yeah. But it is interesting that it's one versus five. Mm-hmm. It makes the numbers a lot more con- a lot more computable to a person, mm-hmm. which almost makes it more uncomfortable. I mean, if we give us if, if we were to sit down and point out all the flaws with the trolley problem, we'd be here all day and all night. My uh suspicion, my suspicion is that the choice was arbitrary at first. And then maybe it moved around a little um, and it really settled on five as um, somewhere where there was a uh, contention. Mm-hmm. I agree, Wayne. As you know, the, the trolley problem is not scale invariant. You know, as five edges towards a million, the choice becomes easier and easier. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me get into why I truly think it's a scam because let's, let's be clear. Many people have called out the trolley problem in various ways and either ridiculed its ridiculousness or it's uh you know the, the fact that five people are traditionally used or whatever um but let me just say it really gets applied so frequently <laughs> mm. i think i mean i i well i'll get i'll ask do you guys agree but i think it is the dominant almost singular thought experiment used to talk about moral questions in the world it it really is the pop cultural yes uh, thought experiment like what have you ever heard of yeah what have you ever heard of somebody else doing a thought experiment just in their everyday lives that's crazy <laughs> but the trolley problem that's everywhere yeah but so as a short list of of the things i've heard it applied to we've got self-driving cars we've got (laughs) waterboarding we've got abortion which i should note was one of the original uh original topics that the trolley problem was applied to wow but let me okay let me lay out why i think it's a scam get your responses and then and then i have some some interesting real life stories so Let's say you are in the situation where you have to make the trolley problem decision. My claim is that the trolley problem is asking the wrong question and in fact missing the point completely of the moral debate of do you pull the lever. 
It's missing the question, the real question, which is, why is this situation happening? <laughs> why is this person here? What happened? Like, why are there not better safety features for the train? Why is this world in which you have to either pull the lever or not the one we're in? Right. That's the real question. And I simply don't believe you know, the trolley problem sufficiently answers it. Wayne, yes. you, Wayne has a look. Wayne has a look. What do you, what, what's that look, Wayne? There's a premise that the trolley problem smuggles in mm. and it's the premise that you accept the world for what it is and then attempt to make moral decisions um, under some set of consequences, which as I suspect you're saying is not, is, is skipping a pretty large step in um, any moral decision. So I was like, well, first of all, Sandy, let's get let's get your takes. Any 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 takes? I mean, I agree. I think okay. it 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 largely misses the point. It it doesn't answer why these people are on the tracks in the first place. Uh, yeah. But I would argue just for the uh, I, I I largely agree with you. Okay. But I think it's interesting to consider that this thought experiment is about being an individual existing in a world beyond your control. Like, yes, this person was not, did not send the trolley down the track, nor did they tie the people to the track, mm -hmm. but they just so happened to be in a position where they could do something about it. Uh, they didn't control the situation. They, they are in a, what, what, what one might argue is an inherently immoral situation, and they're faced with making a moral choice. I think that's a great point there. Just what, uh, going back to what you said before about, um, the trolley problems dominance in pop culture. Owen, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that many of the most difficult modern problems are about, uh, value allocation. Yeah. Like maybe many politicians and economists find themselves in a situation where they can cause, um, some amount of economic value harm to some people. And, um, for the benefit, of another group of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe they feel as though they wake up one morning and feel as though they, they found themselves in this inherently immoral situation. So this is a perfect segue Wayne, because I think something that would be helpful is what if, what if we actually had a real life example of the trolley problem that we could talk about? Because it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the big criticism, which isn't the one I'm leveling, but the big criticism is that it's just a ridiculous situation. That, mm -hmm. you know, why are people tied to the tracks? What, why is there a lever? Why can a random person pull it? And I'm saying the question is just why is, why did this moral decision happen? But, mm -hmm. but it would be nice if we could actually look at a real, a real life scenario where the trolley problem happened. And guess what? Mm -hmm. We can. <laughs> We can't. So let me tell you guys about a real life case of the trolley problem. Wow. And okay. I'm quoting from I'm quoting from Wikipedia here. An actual case approximating the trolley driver trolley driver dilemma occurred on June 20th, 2003, when a runaway string of 31 unmanned Union Pacific freight cars was barreling towards Los Angeles along the mainline track one. Okay, that's the okay. setup. Already pretty nuts. Yeah, that's to avoid, crazy. To avoid, this was 2003, so in our life, our lifetimes, to avoid the runaway train from entering the Union Pacific Yard in Los Angeles. Okay. It's for uh, our viewers who are not aware, a yard, a train yard, that's where they keep all the trains. 
So this mm. is the one, the Union Pacific Yard. That's where they sleep. Yeah, it's where they go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, to avoid the runaway train from entering the Union Pacific Yard in Los Angeles, where it could not only cause damage, but also where a Metrolink passenger train was thought to be located. Let me just stop there. Thought, thought to be located. Interesting. <laughs> I looked through all of the reports, which we'll get to. <laughs> and it turns out it was thought, but there was not a Metrolink train. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay. D- okay. So in response to this, dispatchers ordered the shunting of the runaway cars, the 31 unmanned cars to track four through an area with lower density housing of mostly lower income residents. Whoa. The switch to track four was rated for 15 mile per hour transits and dispatch knew the cars were moving significantly faster, thus likely causing derailment. So I think we just got the answer to the trolley problem. It's just kill the people who are poor. Kill the poor person. That's... Just, just take a second. The choice yeah. was let this train go into the yard. Right. Where there was not, mm-hmm. there was believed, but uh, when we, uh, if, we, if we get into the reports, I, I, I claim that that's just not even true because when they made the decision, they knew there wasn't a Metrolink train. So it's either have these trains go into the yard or shunt them into the houses of a bunch of poor people. So what, what happened? What, they, what actually happened? So after they made the decision to put these cars on track four, hmm. they, of course, derailed. And, and let me read. The train carrying over 3,800 tons of mostly lumber and building materials then derailed into the residential neighborhood in Commerce, California, crashing through several houses on Davie Street. Oh, my God. The, okay. So that sounds horrible. There is one, one good thing mm-hmm. in this story. Mm-hmm. One, I'm not even going to say it's a deal. It's just a slightly not a scam, which is that the event resulted in 13 minor injuries. So no deaths, which is wow. amazing. And some of okay. there's some quotes from people who who uh, survived, and they they say, "Wow, I'm just very lucky." Well, I mean, but, lucky is one word for it. I, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that. Another word for it is unlucky, though, because right. the houses got fucking destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's horrendous. And so, when you say that yeah. they believed. They believe there was a passenger train in the yes. yard, but yes. you don't think that anybody truly believed that. So no, what that why, is, what evidence do you have of that? What do you, so, what do you okay. mean? Okay. So kind of a funny thing has happened where I think the general public at large has, has, uh, through various investigating journalism stories and I don't know, stuff like that. I think most of us have come to question the way any, authoritative report is written when some kind of incident occurs. For example, notoriously uh, uh, misleading police reports. They'll just leave out huge details or Mm -hmm. frame it in an innocuous way when it's in reality something insane. So I think we've all kind of realized, or many people, I should say, have realized that often these reports are worded to make the authorities sound better, sound like they're acting, I don't know, in good faith when maybe they're not. And so the report, the official report that's linked here, um, I'll open it up. 
is let me just read you some of the wording and you'll see exactly what I mean. Um, okay. Okay. Here we go. We'll play some music here. DMCA free though. Okay. Okay. So it gives a brief timeline. This is the, this is the national transportation safety boards report. And a little, a little ways into the report, we have the timeline. At 11.33 a.m., the freight cars without locomotives began moving downhill and within one minute passed the west end switch of the Montclair rail yard. Um, the authorized freight train speed limit on this track was 70 miles an hour. Note that the one they put it on was rated for 15. Wow. They shunted it onto one that was rated for 15. So now let me just skip a bit. At, at 11.50 a.m., the chief dispatcher notified the corridor manager that there was no place to go but track four. That's interesting. That's it interesting. It doesn't explain the reasoning. Or who made that decision. Yes. It or simply who notified. Says, right. Or, 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 the, or the chief dispatcher, I guess, did notify this corridor manager. But it's ridiculous because there was somewhere to go. Right. It's just let it go into the yard. Yeah. Interestingly, this report mentions nothing about, or uh, yeah, it, it, it again mentions that there was believed to be a Metrolink train. Mm. Don't you think they would have said in the official report that there was a Metrolink Metro train, train if there <laughs> actually was a Metrolink train? Right. Why would they say there was believed to be? That's interesting. I don't. Right. Because I don't it, know. As an authority writing up a report about this catastrophe that you, in part, were in charge of, you would want to put yourself in a good light. And if there was a Metrolink train, that you certainly say puts you in is. a better light. There was no Metrolink train. Yeah. So this this gives us some big insight here. We got we got dog action. The dog in the background. Um, Sorry, guys. Wait one sec. One sec. She's okay. almost done. No me. She's okay. So Sandy's, Sandy's a dog whisperer. Okay. All right. All right. It, okay. Isn't that just nuts? The answer to the trolley problem in real life, when when at, when people are actually faced with it, is just kill the poor people. <laughs> right. It's it's ultimately not a moral decision. It is a value decision. It is completely a value decision. Um, I actually heard a very recent solution to the trolley problem, which I really liked, which is to rephrase it as an evil maximization problem. There you go. That's what this is, essentially. <laughs> I would actually, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, all right. This. So, uh, our listeners be, might be like, well, so this is a scam. But we need some way to talk about these issues. We need to be able to debate. And the trolley problem mm. is useful. So, I am going to propose an alternate thought experiment for thinking about stuff like this. And it is... Going back, so we we had we talked about how kids look at trains and they're in awe. Yes. And then Wayne was also like, they might go over the yellow <laughs> line and get fucking crushed by this train. Exactly, yeah. But, okay, but um, what do kids also do? Kids are very interesting in that they ask a lot of questions, as we know. And one of the classic things kids do, I, I definitely did this, I remember doing this, I don't know if you guys did this, is ask why over and over again. Yes. Yeah. And... In interrogating something 
until you get until they get to the most atomic level. Yes. And so I'm calling this and I'm, you know, I'm sure someone has I mean, kids have done this before. It's been done many, many, many times. Um, the foundation problem where if you want to get if you want to get if you want to get to the moral truth, you just got to ask why over and over again until you get to the foundational level. Right. And then it's not necessarily just looking at that that final level, but then you can look at the string of of answers to the why. And that right there is going to tell you a whole lot more than trolley problem. Let me just say that. Right. And it, it you could you could suss out where those value decisions were yes. made. You could suss out who tied these people to the tracks in the first yeah. place. And you might be able to see patterns in. I mean, let's not even think about this in terms of the trolley problem. Let's just think of a moral question. Let's say I claim. Let's say I'm for some in an alternate world. I I am pro pro-life and i'm like i think abortion should be illegal and you can ask well why and then i'll give an answer and i'll and then you have to ask why again and we keep going and then you i i claim that you'll be able to learn more about that that person's worldview if you think about it like that then the trolley problem i i have am of course am not pro-life so I'm not, I, this is not a defense of them. I'm saying you will be able to break down that argument. You'll be able to find out why it's wrong better by using that style of interrogation than the trolley problem, which I don't think resolves anything. Yes. Yeah. I think why is, um, asking why is a good very first step to trying to understand um, someone. First, obviously, you have the barrier of um, communication in that words and sentences mean very different things um, to different groups of people. Mm -hmm. you're limited by uh, your own understanding and your interlocutor's um, communication. The second thing being, if you start digging and asking why, uh, you'll often encounter uh, circular arguments. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point, Wayne. People's first reaction to encountering a circular argument or like going into circles with someone is to be like, this whole thing doesn't make sense. Like your your logic is is circular. Like, like what is this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it really ignores the fact that um, circular logic is consistent. And, you know, once you find yourself um, for some reason or another uh, believing one part of the circle, it becomes very easy to um, expand your views and uh, really justify the rest. Mm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's being able to see that circle and do, like being able to describe it and just know that it exists, I would say is valuable in, in these debates. Certainly. So. I, I think that the, the trolley problem, its goal is never resolution. Nobody has an answer to the pro trolley problem. Well, I, I claim in real life, it's not a good answer, but people do have an answer, which is divert the tracks into the low income neighborhood. I, I, that's true. But I think that the intention of the question is not an answer. Yeah, no, that's true. And yeah. therefore, in cases when you need to make a moral decision or you need a moral answer, it is largely useless. And there we go. It's a scam, baby. That's what I'm not talking about. It's a scam. I think, I think, I think we've decided we've had one deal today, one scam. Deal was trains. I think we could all agree. A deal. A deal. I mean, it's funny though, because Wayne came in deal, deal, but then ended up arguing against trains in some respects. <laughs> well, and like I said, trains are an investment, you know, rails are in, like deals always take something from you. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think trains are deal. And I think we can all agree, certainly, that the trolley problem is a scam. Scam. It's a scam. All right, and then that's deals and scams. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone.